Hey, Token CEO listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Like, ooh, Alec, you guys, sorry, one second here. Sorry about that, you guys. I got a weed whacker. Day 78 in quarantine, but there's end in sight because Barstool Sports is going back to work. This is episode 50 of the Token CEO podcast presented by Linens and Hutch. If you missed yesterday's episode, I gave a quick rundown of what's going on at Barstool, what's happening in my world. Before we get into our special guest today, I will tell you I did not sleep at all last night. There were so many thunderstorms. I don't know if anyone else noticed that in the Northeast. Uh, and I'm reading this very bad crime novel about the Ark of the Covenant. But anyways, I was grateful to be lying down in my nicely made bed on my linens and hut sheets. I love my linens and hut sheets. They're soft. They are snuggly. They've got great patterns. They're comfortable. They're affordable. And if you use code TOKEN, you get 62% off, which is a pretty awesome discount if you ask me. I think these are the softest sheets ever. I highly recommend them. I love the colors. I love the patterns. And I think you'll love them too. So go to linensandhutch.com slash token and use the promo code token for 62% off. Today, our guest is my friend, Alex Rodriguez. I have so much respect for Alex. You've heard me talk about him on this podcast. Mostly what I like about Alex is, I, I like a couple things about Alex. I think he's a very regal person. Regal people are impressive just in how you can be so put together and carry yourself with that air. Um, I think he is infinitely curious and he's always trying to connect dots. And, and, and also what I really love about Alex is that I think he's a great partner and I've really come to value our partnership and friendship over the last couple of years. I remember the first time I talked to Alex, I was in my quote unquote office in HQ2 and it was me and Big Cat talking to Alex about what we could possibly do with the corp and what the corp could be like. And it was a big deal because Alex was obviously on ESPN. He was obviously on Fox. He was a big time agent. He's got all these contracts. He's obviously a celebrity. And here he was wanting to do something on Barstool Sports. And the reason he wanted to do something with Barstool Sports was he had gone on, pardon my take, I think a couple times, at least one time. And then he went to a bunch of college campuses and all anyone asked him about was the interview with Big Cat and what and Barstool and just asked him Barstool, Barstool, Barstool questions. And I think Alex is a really good listener speaking to kind of the theme of this week. And what he saw was that there's something changing in terms of the media that young people are consuming and the places that he could take his brand and his conversations and his interests that would reach a new, new demographic and a new audience in a different way than he was doing on ESPN or on Fox or, or in his celebrity life. Tell me about this. This is your podcast. Tell me. All right. So this is my podcast. I started it during break. So I started it. This is the 50th episode. So I've done it every day since I've been in quarantine. 
And I basically, Alex, I don't like to not be busy. So I was like, I just need something to do with myself. So I thought I would just do a quick podcast. I've been very incredibly entertained by your new activities on Instagram. I've been very busy. (laughs) What do you think about those? Alex told me yesterday that I was stepping up. Really stepping up. I'm exercising. And very funny. Oh, do you think I'm funny, Alex? I do. I do. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do. It's fun. All right. You want to get into this? Let's do it, baby. Okay. I love it. All right, Alex, first thing I want you to talk about, if you'll indulge me, is whenever I describe you, I like to say that I think you're regal because I think that, I actually just think you're very regal. I just want to give you that compliment. I think you carry yourself like, I love how you carry yourself. I've been called a lot worse, but yeah, well, thank you very much. (laughs) Take it. Um, But the other thing that you are is curious. And I I think a lot of people don't know that about you and, and know how I personally, just from being friends and from seeing you in action, you know, I really said there were three things about you. I said you were regal, which I really appreciate and I learn a lot from. I said that you're curious and then I think you're a really great partner. I think you're an awesome teammate. Do you agree with me? And then tell me in your opinion, what it's like to be curious and how that's helped you and how you've used that. And then talk a little bit about being a teammate. Yeah, well, thank you. I agree with two of the three. I'm not sure about Regal, but thank you. <laughs> That's uh, right. That's mine. Compliment. Um, you know, I think when you think about people, they applaud and, and sometimes are in awe of your athletic ability, but they truly respect people that are curious and, uh, and have the humility to ask the question or the extra questions. And I, I've often, I really, really try to put myself as much as possible uh, in a very uncomfortable situation where I'm surrounded by all people that are a lot smarter than me. And usually I try to pick someone that I have something in common with and, uh, and have like great conversations. Uh, I feel very, very comfortable asking questions. And look, my, my education background is not the traditional. I came straight from Miami in high school to Seattle as an 18 year old. I went across the country uh, to display my my career and to start my career, so I've had to uh, learn in an unconventional way, and I've enjoyed it. Do you think other people in your shoes are equally as as curious? Like, do you think that they have? Because what you're basically saying is you, there's a humility to your curiosity, which is that you you came into great stature because of your athletic ability. I think one of the interesting things about you is is how you've parlayed that. You, unlike many, many people, have parlayed success in one industry or field into another. And do you, do you think being curious is, is part of that or being having humility is part of it? Like, what do you think there? Yeah, I think all of it. And all of it, I think, kind of is packaged in self-awareness, right? I mean, I, I, I am a firm believer that just because you're very good at one sport doesn't mean you're going to be good at another sport called business or philanthropy. And I think people uh, can become very cavalier uh, about saying, if I'm one here, I'm good in everything across the way. And, and people make massive mistakes. They build fortunes uh, in one field and, and, and you know, throw it away in, on, on another. And, and part of what Warren Buffett always teaches is stay in your circle of competence and really building one step at a time. And I think starting small is something that is very important. Don't, don't take the home run swing right away. I mean, start with a bunt and then a single and then a double. And along the way, be open, mind, open heart to, to learn and educate yourself. 
I love that. We had um, Becky Quick on the podcast and she's one of the hosts of Squawk Box and she had someone on, I think yesterday morning, and they were talking about social change with everything that's going on. How do you achieve social change? And the guy, I, I forget who it was, but he had like a highfalutin plan and it was very complicated and there was like 27 steps to it. And she was like, how about we just do like one thing right now? And then, because it's too, when it's too complicated, I think it becomes impossible. One of the other things, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are trying to transition, who are, you know, they want a new job or they're transitioning from college into the workforce or they're trying to transition from one sector or company to the next. Talk about your transition and from baseball to broadcasting, I think your transition to being an entrepreneur was somewhat easier and that I could be wrong, but that was just kind of part and parcel of who you were. But talk about the transition and advice you would have for people who want to transition into something. Yeah, I, I think first is always following your passion. I've always had an entrepreneur spirit. And so for me, it was easier because I loved it. And that meant uh, being okay with the mistakes uh, and the lessons learned and uh, not taking your wins for granted. Um, but, but I think if you think about having... Uh, for a player having a Hall of Fame career and being able to understand that when you get into this field of business, uh, you're not in the Hall of Fame, you're not even a rookie, you're an A-ball or rookie ball. And it's hard for you mentally, for all of us athletes that are really good at one thing, and I've done it for 25 years at the highest level in professional baseball, uh, it is a hard uh, fall uh, to, to come to uh, minor leagues and then build it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm different in a way where I love the process. I'm actually, I enjoy the process more than the results. Uh, I enjoy practice more than the games. And the one common denominator, whether it's business or sports, whether it's Warren Buffett or Barry Sternlit or Howard Schultz, what they usually have is the same attributes that Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James, uh, Derek Jeter have, and they're black belt fundamentalists. So when all things have gone bad, because their fundamentals are so strong, their core, their infrastructure, they usually end up winning and sometimes, most of the times doing better when they come out on the other side. What do you think some of those qualities are? Like what's in the black belt, whether you're Jordan or you're Schultz, in your opinion? Simplicity. You know, I always tell young players, I love that you're hitting home runs and you're diving, making great plays, but do me a favor, make the everyday fundamental play. The one that allows managers to sleep well at night, right? And uh, when you can forecast something and you can underwrite, I know that Erica is going to come to work 80 days in a row because I know she will do 800 days in a row or 8,000 because that's her core then I can underwrite that. And I would take Erica, even if someone was more talented than you by say 10 or 15%, I would make a bet on you, who you are inside your core, your DNA, because I know you're a winner and you're a champion. And if you're not, you'll figure out a way how to do it. Mm-hmm. Alex, talk a little bit about, you know, we've talked a little bit about this on the court, but, but I, I don't think you, you necessarily get enough credit for it, which is, you're the only person who I can think of who is on Barstool Sports, ESPN, and Fox. You bridge 
celebrity and athlete. You bridge entrepreneur and broadcaster. Like, how do you think about sitting in so many places? How do you do it? Well, I, I got to give credit to my colleague, uh, Mr. Jeff Lee, uh, who, who was brilliant in so many ways. But one of them was to advise us as a, as a person and, and the corp, um, A-Rod Corp, that it would be diligent for us to uh, be exposed to this incredible uh, fan base that Barstool mm -hmm. has. In, in, and I, I didn't know much about it. And then I started doing my research and I said, oh my gosh, this is such a cool brand. It's such a great company. It has such great leaders. And then I, I think having you at the top there was the, the closer for me because I just, you know, having two daughters and coming from a single mother who had two jobs, I just loved the way that you kicked. Um, you had 74 men you had to beat out to be the CEO of Barstow. And when I heard that, and then I met you and we were so aligned, I was in. So that was one thing. But as far as like ESPN and Fox, I think I'm incredibly grateful to be uh, talking about something that I love so much. I mean, truly, be, I have some great bosses, some great partners, and I wouldn't tell them. I hope they're not listening. I would do it for free because I love the game of baseball so much. And growing up, baseball was number one, two, and three. And I think we've fallen a bit. But I have great, great confidence that in the future, baseball is going to work its way back to, um, you know, to best in class again. So tell me a little bit about, I was going to say I love that, Alex, but I'm getting a lot of shit for saying I love that a lot. But I do genuinely <laughs> love that. Um, tell me a little bit about what you see happening in baseball right now. Like you and I have had a lot of conversations. I love your perspective on baseball. I also think you are a person who can be transcendent in the sport in that I think you understand entertainment. I think you understand social media. I think you understand, obviously understand the game intimately. You understand the business intimately. But if you were to encapsulate like where baseball is right now, like what would you say about where baseball is? You know, I think baseball is trying to find his way again. I think we, uh, we now have a commissioner and Rob Manford that really understands where he wants baseball to go in the next 25 years while understanding that we have a hundred year plus history in this game. But, you know, Erica, when I think about my better half right here at home, mm -hmm. uh, I see what really works so well in her space, which is with Jennifer is the media entertainment movies platforms. And when you think about world of dance that's played on NBC once a week, and we have seven to 10 million people watching, the lessons learned are is like, what, what's happening for the next generation? Well, a lot of things happen in the inner city. What are we doing in the inner city? A lot of things happened uh, through TikTok, music, inspiration, Instagram, social media. These are all the things that the next generation, what they really care about. And as a game, uh, we have to think about uh, servicing the next generation or two. Not so much, you know, our average fan is a 59-year-old white male, which is that's great. But we also need to pull along um, and be more inclusive. And I think we're doing a lot of things that uh, are, are, are going to be pay great dividends in the in the future. I think in short is we cannot forget that while we're a sport, we're not in the sports business. We are in the entertainment business. And the more we can think about that, the better. I so hope you own a team. What do you think it takes to own a team? I'm trying to buy a women's hockey team. Like, what do you think it oh, takes? Oh, I love that. Wouldn't that be great? You can I would love do it with me if you want. Please come to me. All right, Please I will. I, I got a whole plan. 
Erica, if you want to sell hot dogs, anything you want to do, I, I would back you because I just- Okay, I'm, I'm in on that, thanks. Any business. Um, uh, I believe in investing in the jockey, not the horse. So uh, look, I think to own a team, you, you have to uh, be very patient. You have to be able to surround yourself with incredible people. You have to look at the long game, not the short game. Uh, but you also have to understand uh, the history of, of baseball, but be very open-minded about how to do things that are uncomfortable. And look, whether you're Augusta or baseball or the NFL, or the, we, we all have these kind of restrictions, but some of them are artificial that we should be able to think about breaking through. And uh, I always say to young entrepreneurs, you have to get comfortable doing the uncomfortable. And I think baseball... Uh, has an opportunity to do some things and kind of push the envelope. And this year, if they come back, which I'm praying that they do, you have an epic opportunity to go out and just open up the floodgates and right at the beginning, let people know the traditionalist, apologize up front. This is not your, gonna be your year, 2020. We're gonna do things that are fun. We're gonna push the envelope like, no, we're gonna open up the clubhouses for cameras. We're gonna open up batting cages that you have 60 batting cages in Major League Baseball, 30 stadiums, two batting cages. We want to see that. We want more exposure. We want to be closer to the players. Every game, we're going to have three or four players mic'd plus the manager. And there's so much content yeah. in baseball that we should dominate. But yeah. we just, we're not giving enough exposure. And use it as a pilot. Yeah. 2021, you can get back to the old way. Yeah, you can go old guard. Exactly. Um, so Alex, speaking of baseball and speaking of right now in the country, like I remember, um, and please correct me if I get any of this wrong, but in at nine 11, you had just signed, if I'm right, the biggest player deal at that time you were playing in Texas. Uh, the country was obviously in a bad place. Like the country was wounded. Like tell me from the thing that I think is so interesting with you is that, you know, you've, you've seen every, you've seen it from the player seat. You've seen it from the broadcast seat. Maybe you're going to see it from an ownership seat. Like how did you think about sport? You know, I think one of the things we keep hearing about and feeling to be honest with you is just how vehemently people are missing sports and how sport has the ability to heal a country, but also just to make a country happy and to entertain people to your point. Like, but talk a little bit about being a player just after 9-11, just how did you think about getting on the field and, and what the role is of sport in a culture? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's so big, Eric. And sometimes, you know, we know, we knew it was big pre-COVID-19, but it's just a reminder. Look, if you're a 10-year-old boy or girl, uh, you reach over for your favorite blanket or your fa favorite teddy bear. Uh, us as, as, as human beings here, we, we reach for sports and sports is, it's our comfort food. Uh, you know, for baseball, you get to come home 182 nights a year and at 7.30, you have your familiar team that you can kind of scream at the TV. You have highs and lows. You can have a glass of wine. You can have some popcorn and is there for, for each and every one of us. It, it's a huge responsibility. And, and for those that don't love sports, because not everyone loves sports, I say to them, think about a world without music. And yeah. they would say, oh my God, no, no, no. Well, that's, that's what sports means to us. So I, I am uh, so excited for sports to come back and I think is gonna be part of the healing process post COVID-19, but being a part of that in 2011, uh, after 9-11, uh, I know how much baseball meant to everyone. Uh, I still remember the day that George Bush threw out the first pitch, 
to to my friend Green caught it and you know he had a bulletproof vest he had 60,000 people at Yankee Stadium going crazy no matter which political side uh you were cheering for it that was an incredible moment to be an American and it made us all very proud and do you think differently like you know I think there's some uncertainty right now for baseball which I'm hopeful that baseball figures out because I, I I'm like you I think I think there's all this pent-up demand and there's a lot of people hurting right now and something common that everyone can watch and enjoy and root for is a good thing in, on so many levels. Do you think now that you're not a player any longer, you're potentially an owner, like do you have a different thought on that, it, potentially in a different seat? Or do you think that changes? Of, of having the game come back? Having the game come back, the importance of the game coming back, especially for the country. You know, player, coach, or, or owner, or any part, I think as a lover of the game, uh, we know how important it is to the fabric of this country. It's something that we cannot uh, underestimate. And I think uh, it's easy to, because it's just there. And sometimes you take anything for granted. But when it's gone, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch you know, a Yankee game or a Cowboys game or a Lakers game. And sometimes it's fun cheering against the team that you hate. Mm -hmm. Like I know the Yankees and the Cowboys are one that uh, they have probably more haters than lovers. And, mm -hmm. and playing as a Yankee, that was actually fun because every time we went to an opponent uh, uh, stadium. Oh yeah, we loved when you came to Boston. Yeah, they would crush us. And, <laughs> and that was cool. That elevated the, the experience. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, I, I am. I, I cannot wait for sports to come back. That's great. Okay, so talk a little bit about the pandemic. Like I've been, I've been following you. I think you're the way you t you talk about your girls, all of them. The way you share your family. Like, what are you finding as a silver lining in all this, or how are you thinking? You know, how are you thinking about this time? You know, it's it's an incredibly challenging time, and and you know my my heart goes out for so many people that are going through health issues, financial issues, over 40 million people unemployed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a time to, uh, to be thoughtful of others. Um, you know, I'm so proud that, you know, in our company, uh, I haven't given $1 haircut uh, on pay to any of our employees. We've stayed a hundred percent. We have not, you know, let go one person. I thought, you know, for me, Erica, that's important because yeah. I'm in a position uh, and Jennifer's in a position that we could afford to keep everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a way to you build, you know, loyalty with, with yeah. your team and and comfort. And I think in times like this, no different than in sports, when you're going through a 10-game losing streak, that's when you have to stand, stand up in the middle of that clubhouse and say, hey, look everybody in the eyes and say, it's a long season. We're going to be okay. Continue to work hard. Work on the fundamentals. And this fucking thing will turn around. Um, that's what I try to do with the Yankees. That's what I try to do at A-Rod Corp. And I think as, as one of the leaders, I think uh, my responsibility is to be good to my teammates. But what I've learned, Erica, is that for me, you know, having 30, 40, 50 nights in a row with, with our children, with my girls, uh, having more family time, being standstill, and then being able to play, you know, wiffle ball outside mm -hmm. or, play, or play chess or play uh, monopoly or play you know just have family time is something that uh, I'm incredibly grateful for that's great um, Alex we have two last things for you one is I need your song so you get to pick the song for today's episode oh what do right. you got 
I got, jeez, uh, I'm on the spot here. I know. Uh, Who are you going to pick? How uh, about uh, Journey, Don't Stop Believing? <laughs> that would be a safe choice. <laughs> That's a good choice. You want that? Uh, sure. Let's, let's you don't do have it. to. Do you want a different choice? Boy, this is really something that I'm not really good at. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm with Journey. I love Don't Stop Believing. All right, let's do it. Let's go like some old school rock. I like that. Okay. And then my last one, Alex, before I let you go, I know you don't like it when I swear, but I'm going to have to ask you to give us one fucking good thing. Our one fucking good thing is brought to you by High Noon. I know that you, Alex Rodriguez, are an optimist. So I'd like you to give us some positivity and what your one fucking good thing is. I just love the way that people are standing up for each other, uh, some in big ways, some in small but I, I think, um, you know, standing up for, for what's right, equality, and all the things, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud that people are standing up. That's great. Uh, I'm proud to call you my friend, and I'm so appreciative that you did this. And um, we will talk soon. We have a lot to talk about. The sun is shining, and it's hot out, and it's starting to feel like summer, and it's June, which is, it means it is summer almost. So that's my one fucking good thing, is that the seasons are changing. And speaking of, <laughs> when the season changes to summer, it's time to have a fruity cocktail. So I like my vodka soda. I drink it. It's called High Noon. Uh, you can get a High Noon Sun Sips most anywhere. If you're in New York City, you need to go to a liquor store. If you're anywhere else in the country, you can get it at your local supermarket, hopefully. If you can't, definitely ask for it. It's real juice. It's real vodka. It's real delicious. So I highly recommend you try it. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Alex for coming on. If you didn't get a chance to catch up with us this week and you're going to binge on the Token CEO this weekend, I really recommend our Monday episode, Listen with Willie Colon and Trill. That episode, I'm still chewing on myself. I also really loved the conversation with PFT. Uh, we called that episode Eric versus PFT, but it's a long interview with one of our greatest talents and kind of a unique individual. So if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the Token CEO podcast, leave us a rating and a review. I'm EKA Nardini, and you can find Token CEO on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. 